podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, here we go. It's the Copy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Copy Podcast. Oh, it's your first time viewing. Thanks for clicking on the video. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's the match build up for the Wolves game. Which you know, does anybody really give a crap about the Premier League at the minute? I don't know. We're all we're all still on a high from uh, watching the Leipzig game and, and cruising to the next round of the, of the Champions League. Uh, I'm Jay Pearson. I'm joined by Mick Moran. Uh, I've got Tim. Um, I can't remember your, your surname, mate. It's too posh for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll just butcher it. I will butcher your fab up, um, you know, because it's not in the jib stuff. It's not the Spanish stuff. So, I, it's, you know what I mean? I, I can't butcher it. And then we've got a special guest with us. We've got Marcus Banks from The Echo. Uh, first of all, Marcus, I'm going to come to you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us, pal. No problem. Happy today. Finally, make me debut on on the cop fighter. <laughs> I know, mate. It's been a it's been a good Long two time, years man. in the making, almost, isn't it? Where we're like, come on, lad, get on it, and you know, certain restrictions were in place because <laughs> you couldn't really do it. But now that you're uh, you're working for the Echo, mate, it's absolutely buzzing to uh, to finally get you on, pal. So uh, it's just nice to see your face again, mate. Rather than know. you know, it's usually, usually it's meeting outside the park at Anfield, and we finally have to, you know, and I'm walking back into town. But it's been the <laughs> year since that happened, but hopefully, won't be too far away until we're doing that again. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, if your dad's not in this video, mate, I'm going to be fuming with him, and I'll uh, <laughs> be se- I'll be sending him a sly message. So if you are there, call, put your name in the comments, mate. Just let me have a look. Uh, Paul's joining us as well, mate. Afternoon, Paul. Up you well, mate. So, boys, obviously, we have this new ceremony now where we have a two-minute bottle question, which obviously. Uh, myself, Mick and Marcus are well known uh, about when we go to the match because we've got two minutes to neck a bottle before we go in the game. So the kickoff question we've got this week for that uh, is, who wins in a Royal Rumble between the whole squad, the staff and the owners? And that came from Twitter from Tom Cunningham75. So thank you very much, mate, for giving us that question. So Mick, I know you absolutely love this question. So have you had a think about this one already? Yeah, and the answer is Nat Phillips, next person. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, nah, then, just to find Nat Phillips. Go on. Nah, he, he could fucking headbutt anything, couldn't he? He'd, just, he'd headbutt Jürgen Klopp if it meant him having a start on, on, on Monday. Uh, no, it's it, between him, I think it would be Verge, Nat. I've, I think Matip's got an outside chance, you know, because he's proper. He's proper slender man, skinny arms, skinny legs. I reckon no one be able to grab hold of him, and he'd just be in the corner like crying or something. Everyone would leave him alone, and then he'd be the last person standing because he'd probably just go and. He probably wouldn't be standing though, mate. By the end of it. <laughs> yeah, between those three, well, I've got to. Well, you got to pick one. Well. There's only one winner in a Royal Rumble, mate. That goes on to WrestleMania. So come on. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go Veg just because right, he's, he's, he's the Don. He's the Don. All right, Tim, go on. We'll come to you next, pal. Jordan Henderson, <laughs> because I'm, I'm not going to lie, he scares the shit out of me after Liverpool score a goal with the way he screams, so I just reckon he'd freak a bunch of guys out and just put them off their uh, their wrestling ability, so yeah, I reckon he's probably the most aggressive of the bunch, so I'd, I'd stick with him just because I just fancy him in a fight, to be honest, he'd scare the crap out of me, so yeah. <laughs> Great answer, mate. Right, Marcus, go on, lad. What do you reckon? It's only one winner, and it is. It's a, to be fair, I did think about Klopp because he is a bit. He's quite tall. He is. He's obviously a psycho when he wants to be. But uh, Virgil's the only winner for me. But I would like to shout out James Milner because 
if we're getting technical about it and you've got to push people over the ropes, his arms, his strength, his core strength, he is massive. I don't see anyone pushing him over. But <laughs> I think Virgil just pure purely for his mass and his size. Yeah. I don't think anyone's taking him over the top rope unless he's getting double teamed by like <laughs> Phillips and Cavajo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should give Millie a shout out as well. Maybe Wine Alden as well, just for pure body strength. He's just the easy unit as well, isn't he? He is, mate. He is. Another question uh, is, who'd be the first out? <laughs> That's I a mean, good point. Another shout is a leg drop from Shakiri wouldn't be great, would it? That's so. true. <laughs> I think, no, I, think true. I think, I think Nabi Keita would be the first out. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting, just getting over the, getting in the ring over the ropes and fall over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be it. Go on, Tim. I was going to say, pull a hamstring running down to the ring, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking brilliant, boys. Right, okay, so that's that two-minute bottle of question out of the way, and some good answer. I think, for me, I would probably go James Miller just because of his size of his arms. I think it'd be dead, dead difficult. I think if you are trying to get him over, he'll, he'll push off the second rope and just stop you from doing that. So, yeah, I'm up for that. Um, so, boys, little quiz question for you. Let's just set this one off first. Let's try and get the answer between the two of you. So, obviously, we're playing Wolves. So, there are 14 players since the Premier League began um, that have played for both Wolverhampton and Liverpool, but not necessarily in the Premier League for both of them. There's only five players. Now, I'm going to make it easy for you, Mick. There's only five players out of that 14 that have played for both clubs in the Premier League. So, they played games. So, out of the 14, some of them played when Wolves were in the Championship. So, I'm not I'm not making it, you know, I'm not being a total prick about it. But there's five players um, that have um, played for both teams in the Premier League. So, Marcus, let's go to you first, mate. Do you want to... There's five of them, so let's go. You can have an answer each first. So, Marcus, who are you going for? Diogo Jota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy on. Pretty, pretty handy on that, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, you got that one. Uh, Tim, let's come to you. Did Connor Cody play for us in the Premier League? He certainly did, mate. He did. There you go, yeah. Um, Show appearances, but he did. Yeah. yeah. Mick? Um, has Keanu Hoover played for Wolves yet? Yeah. Yeah. yeah has he, did he play for us in the Premier League, though? Did he? Did he make it, it, was it, was it, wasn't it an FA Cup appearance? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to do some digging on that. We'll, do, <laughs> we'll put that in the brackets. Go on, you can have another go. Have another go. Um, fucking hell, I'm struggling, you know. Uh, <laughs> Three to go. This is good. This is good viewing this. Just watching me. I know, we'll come back to you. Marcus, have you got another answer? <laughs> nah, I'm the same. I'm struggling as well, yeah. Passing the book. Tim, back to you. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much bummed out as well. I'm, I'm right, these are all shit. Here. These are all shit. Right, I'm going to give you one. Paul Ince is one. Oh. He captain Wolves when he played for them uh, in the first season of the Premier League. Um, I'm a, Robbie I'm Keane, one. All oh, right, Robbie Keane, and then and then Paul Jones is the last one. So yeah, he's a, he's a fucking shit at that. So let remind <laughs> me not to. Uh, not to ask you that fucking question again. But boys, yeah, we're, we're coming off the back of uh, a win against Leipzig and we're trying to win back-to-back games in all competitions for the first time since January. So uh, it's a bit of a... I don't know, mixed feelings at the minute because obviously we're, we're so passionate about the Champions League right now. Marcus, I'll come to you first, mate. We're not, so, we're not, we don't do very well at Molineux in terms of like with battles. Obviously, yeah, we get the results, but it's never a clean-cut game, is it? So how are you feeling going into the game on Monday? It's another, it's another strange one for Liverpool, I think... Obviously, the Champions League record speaks for itself, and the performance that went with it was it was plain for all to see that Liverpool are clearly built to to play against teams that don't sit back and 
you know employ that lower block that we've struggled to to break down in recent weeks. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one to see how that transitions to a team that primarily plays that as their probably number one system is the three centre backs dropping dropping into a five when when they're in the defensive transition and obviously we're away from home, which also has its own connotations in the fact that we've won four out of our last five away games and we can't win a game at Anfield. So you'd think that this is a game probably set up for Liverpool to win. I think Fabinho on the midfield is going to be is going to be a real game changer to think how Liverpool are going to play. I don't I, I don't see them employing the high line. I think I think they'd be wise not to because it forces teams to come out and play against Liverpool. If you if you drop the line back four or five yards and Phillips and Kabach, I mean we, we've seen Phillips he will head anything. Kabach is also <laughs> was also very impressive against Leipzig. I think that went a bit under the radar due to Phillips's performance. So. If you have them play it, they've obviously got pace with the Dharma, a tricky player in Pedro Neto, but they don't really have a goal scorer right now. So I think dropping that line back five yards and trying to play Wolves with their own game might might work well because Fabinho is shielding that defence. And then if the front three can... I mean, we created a chance of fun against Leicester, we just didn't put them away. So you'd think if they can replicate that performance in a way, then we should hopefully win again. And hopefully it's the start of a nice uh, win and run to the, towards the end of the season. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Some uh, some cracking answers there, mate. With that, and uh, one of the things that I wanted to pull up with there, um, Mick, is that the I'm looking at Wolves' record now. They're 13 matches at home and they're five wins um, and four losses. So, like Marcus said, mate, the confidence should be there with Liverpool with, with us playing away. I and mean, we said for the last few weeks, like, thank Christ for playing away. Um, and then we had the home leg for Leipzig. Like, yeah, glad it's uh, glad it's in Budapest. Um, but in terms of like the Wolves game in itself. Do you see the same team being put out again uh, because we've got an international break coming up? Uh, I think, based on, yeah, basically echoing what Mark has said, really, that it'd be stupid. <laughs> echoing, not, like it. Be stupid <laughs> not to. Uh, <laughs> that was unintentional, but yeah, I'll have it. Uh, yeah, it'd be stupid not to. Basically, what 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 we how we played in the last game, it was clear for all to see that that is just what we need to do. Fabinho back into midfield. Even Klopp said after the game, like he asked Fab. Are you happy you're playing there? And he basically said, "Yeah, fucking too right, I am." So basically, keep putting me there. Kabach and Phillips um, looked like they were starting to get a bit more. Like we said, it, it, more more often they play alongside each other, the better it's going to be for us because that can form a little mini partnership. And if they can both stay fit and we can keep Fab in midfield, then we're going to win footy matches. It's as simple as that. Because Fabinho and there in the six, he, he proved in that game just little little flicks at the end on the edge of the box, breaking up play, setting us off. Passing out to the to the fullback, just little things like that. When he's not in there, it's it's not as it's not as structured. And I don't think, like I said on the last pod, it's it's a, it's a mental thing as well. When you know he's in there, I think it gives everyone else a little boost. I think even Thiago said after the game, after the Leipzig game, like having having Fabinho in there allowed him to play his game and allowed him to get a bit closer to the strikers. And that, that's where we want him. So if we put Fabinho in there and get Thiago nearer to. The, the danger men, then we're going to score more goals. It, it is just as simple as that. So, yeah, I, I would like to see the same team. Yeah. And I think it would be it'd be a bit mad if Klopp didn't pick the same team based on how good we played and, and how good the result was and having Fabinho back in there and how crucial he was to the whole thing. Yeah, no, good shout, mate. Uh, just going to go through a couple of comments. Uh, Paul's here again, mate. Afternoon, mate. You OK? Um, some... Fella called Colin Banks. Okay, fellas, how are we? I'm not too sure who that is. <laughs> Only joking, Carl. Love you, mate. Um, 
Ben's here as well. Afternoon, lads. He's going for a 2-0 win and he's obviously got his signature uh, Istanbul 7 thing. And uh, obviously, you know, Marcus, he's complimenting on the PSG tracker. And back in 2021, he's probably thinking, does Marcus know something we don't? No, he doesn't. He I just possibly he... comment. <laughs> you love it. Um, Paul's put hopefully Kabak and Phillips at the back and Fabian midfield. Absolutely, mate. I agree with that. Uh, Tim, in terms of confidence for the lads, that was... Obviously, from a fan base perspective, we were so confident when we all seen that lineup uh, against Leipzig. I think it was more excitement than and fucking relief the fact that we had you and you know Matt at centre half and uh, and uh, Fab back in midfield. So that was obviously something that we loved. Um, so I just think now that I've I said this before, confidence is key when, in, in football games. And I, do you, do you reckon that these lads now are thinking right? We've just had a great result there at Leipzig. We're now playing a lot better football. We can now seriously try and make an attempt to finish in the top four now. Yeah, I think that it's, it seems to almost flick a switch uh, on, on, on Wednesday. I think that we, we played a completely different style of football than we had done for the last three months. I mean, we have, I mean, despite our awful run for that period of time, we have had big results. You know, we beat West Ham 3-1 and Tottenham 3-1 in the same week. But... At no point do we play football like that. So it was it was certainly interesting to to be able to see how much Fab unlocks so many different areas of the field when he gets in the midfield. And again, he's he's not he's not a guy who's unbelievably quick or anything of the sorts, you know. But he gets his toe in his, in important moments. You know, he intercepts balls and stuff. And and for me, I think the confidence will come from guys being able to play their natural positions and having confidence in their ability because they know that Fab's there to sweep up a mistake. Or if, for example, for me, the, the, the standout bit was the fact that he, whenever Leipzig were in and around the, the area and kind of got, especially in the centre of the field, he was always there to poke a toe in and take it away from a Leipzig player just as they started to look dangerous. And for me, even, even in a game like Chelsea, I think had Fab been in the midfield and not the guy facing up to Mason Mount, had Mason Mount come across the goal, you fancy Fab to stick his toe in and, and get nick that ball away before he gets a shot off. So, you know, he, I, I think that the confidence will be high. And I, I mean, it would be, like you said, it's, it would be mental for Klopp for, to, to kind of take away that, 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 that progress that they've made this week just, just by simply sticking them back in the midfield. And to be honest, I, I fancy Kabak and Philip as, as a decent partnership going forward. So I think that you stick them, stick with them anyway. You're only saying that because you're biased. Yeah, I know. I need some <laughs> new, new contract. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. Um, Marcus, obviously, Cole's just put in there. It's all about balance with Fab back in, mid- in the middle. Um, you can see how much more dominating we were in midfield, couldn't you, when uh, Fabino was there? And we, like, like you said at the beginning of the pod, Marcus, the high line just wasn't really an issue, was it, against Leipzig? And it's definitely something that we've got to... Going to be worried about because Wolves are a threat, aren't they? I mean, I know they've they've they've, they've lost Jimenez for for a while and he's been in and out of the side and um you know Triori is still still a massive threat when he lubes up his arms especially which is just again fucking baffles me anyway. Um, but then obviously Neto stepped up to the plate as well and it's again it's not going to be easy, is it? But I think one of the things that I love about this side is when we've got Fabino in there and Thiago's and we will talk talk on Thiago in a minute because Mikel you know. Don't, we'll have a fit if we don't mention Thiago for Mick. But Marcus, it's all like you said, it's all about that balance in midfield. And when we, usually when we win midfield battles, we win football games. Yeah, and it's, it's, I've seen a few people saying, "Oh, what, why isn't is it a mistake that Fabinho hasn't been playing there?" I know he's been out injured, but I think I think hindsight's great. And it, people forget he was awesome at centre back too. But it, it's clear that the midfield, the six, is his favourite role, and what he brings to the team is just he is just. I think. 
I, I still think he's quite underrated, like how, how good he actually is. The, like we've seen in the Leipzig game, the difference he made, his interception, reading the game, even his passing forward, he just he, he distributes the ball so well, his position awareness, and, and like like we said, he unlocked Thiago. And yeah. that, that Thiago was like a completely different player. I think I was reading stats, I think it was Sam Maguire on Twitter, about how much more defensive work Thiago's done in this Liverpool team compared to his, his last two seasons at Bayern. And we don't want Thiago to be the one tracking back and making them tackles. We want Thiago, like Mick said, we want him to be feeding the strikers. He he was brought here to help evolve the team and and try and break down that low block if teams are sort of getting onto it. It's it's that balls into feet and Fabinho is the enabler of that. He is he is the one and like it would be criminal to not. Play. He has to play every single game in midfield from now on. I think Phillips and Kabak have have proved. And I mean, if Ben Day was just still a thing. He's another one who could possibly come into that, into that pack too, especially because he's. I mean, Phillips is fantastic against Leipzig, and he obviously has his strengths, but he does have his limitations. I think. I think he lost possession. I think it was with, with like forty percent of his passes or something. I know he was clipping a lot under down the line, but I think Davis is a bit better with his feet if he plays, which I actually don't see that happening for the rest of the season. But yeah, I think Fabinho midfield is is the, is the key, and he probably will be the catalyst to if if an unlikely top four run is going to happen mm-hmm. and maybe an even unlikely Champions League run then <laughs> Fabinho is going to be central to that yeah absolutely man. I, th- I definitely think he gets player of the season regardless of what happens um, but Mick obviously Marcus has just touched on there what Thiago says so we'll just switch to Thiago camp there we go so we've got Thiago camp up there just right above your head mate and this is the obviously the face <laughs> that Mick makes when he talks about Thiago uh, Mick you were after the show, obviously, against Leipzig, Thiago was the, one of the main focuses as well as that, that entirety of the midfield. But now we've got this sort of, the shackles can come loose on Thiago a little bit in the Premier League, can't it? And this obviously, it's a lot tough, much tougher environment. Um, away at Molyneux again, it's always a difficult place. If Thiago can put on a performance like he did in midweek, it's just going to take us to another level in the league. And, and again, I think people will be more relaxed about that, won't they? Yeah, I just think we need a bit of... yeah. Just- squad staying the same like the, the team just needs to stay as to, obviously injuries bar and we know it's probably going to happen sooner or later someone's going to get injured again but if we keep it's it's as simple as keeping the team the same and and, and that team, team's only going to get better in, in the way it, it performs and I mean Fabinho was terrific and he does like Mark said I, complete, I completely agree and he enables him and I think it even brings out better defensive work in Thiago in a way because Thiago was even getting into tackles and not being too rash just trying to get his toe on it like Fabinho like in, in, in the tackle and I think yeah. he can do that side of the game and we know he can because he's obviously he's a bit, been a bit rash in, in his early days and he's not been happy with his performances and I think Fabinho coming into the midfield is only going to change that because you know, you, you've, you've seen how good that passing the ball he is and with, with Hotter coming back into the team Hotter up against his old club might have a, a point to prove and what wants to um, go and show how good he is. So, Thiago, I'm excited to see Thiago and Hotter. That's the link up. I want to see Thiago on the left of, of a three and Hotter on the left. And that, I think that can really propel us into, uh, like Mike said, a, a very not probable uh, top four charge. But you never know. You never know. If we if we get, start to quietly rumble along and start to pick up some three points starting starting on Monday, then we can just see see what happens. Like we're not expecting it. But if it, if we do start to pick up some yeah. points, then we can we you can you've seen the Liverpool sides over the years, you can we can build momentum 
as easy as anything. So we just need to do that. Quietly get along out with our business. Wait for the Champions League to come back around. If we're still doing well in the Premier League, if we're not, fuck it, we're going for the Champions League anyway. All that's how we'll justify it to ourselves, won't we? But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good point, mate. Yeah, Thiago yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I think what you when uh, when you think about trying to get for the top four now, it's a case of well, everybody can beat every, anybody this season, and it's it's been proved the way every team has played against each other. There has been some some shock results, so there's still a lot of points to play for, isn't there, Tim? And I don't want to completely you know try and cling on to the top four as as much as I can because it is it is really depressing when you look at the league table. But anything can happen. But if we do just focus on our game and let's just take one game at a time. Um, obviously, Tim mentioned uh, Hotter Jota. You know, I, I get the pronunciation wrong. Tim, you, you, it, it just rolls off your tongue with you. So let's talk about Jota. He'll be chomping at the bit for this game. Well, this is the game that he's been waiting for all season, really, hasn't it? I think so. I think so. I think he's trying to show up at Molyneux and score a hat trick. You know, I think this is this is your your dream is to go back to the club that you know that kind of all the fans went, oh, we've we've ha- had them here, you know, 40 million, what a waste of money, like he's not that good, and go back and just absolutely torture them for exactly that reason. So, you know, he's yeah. he, he's he's a bloke just like the rest of us. He's on Twitter. He would have seen some of the stuff that was said about him by, by Wolves fans. And, you know, so he this is a game that he, you know, that you won't have to get him, you know, ready for. You know, this is a game that he, he won his calendar. When he looked at his calendar for all his games, he went, that one. I'm, I'll be back fit for that one, and that's the one I'm going to want to, you know, put put a stamp on. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting something big from him. I, I, I'm still expecting him to start, regardless of whether Firmino's fit or not, um, just because of the, the change in potency going forward that we saw midweek. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think that he he will be superb. I think that he will be, you know, fired up as as fired up as anyone else on the pitch. Jordan Henderson yeah. style, if you will. Yeah, that's no, a good point. Go on, Mick. I was going to say, I think you forget as well that he's just came back from injury. So I think you saw it in the Leipzig game. He was like the chances he was missing. Like he was through on goal, toe poked at the keeper, saved it. The other one where he hit it with his left foot, where he'd probably just slot that or cut back onto his right and score. Just little things like that. That comes back with, with match sharpness, doesn't it? I mean, you can do as much training as you want, but he's only just come back from quite a I think it was, it was it three months he was out for. Yeah. So quite a big injury, and it's, it's, it's going to take him time to. To come back, so I think, yeah, the, if he if he plays again on Monday, which I expect him to, then it's 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 more minutes in the in the tank. Even if he doesn't score, I, I expect him to play well, and he, he's also going to be key because he, he proved that before he got injured as well. Of course, well, I mean, at the time of recording, we we we're just before Klopp's presser, so we don't know the the, the specific updates on on Bobby Firmino, uh, so we don't know if he's going to play. But Marcus, I'll come to you from this one, if. Obviously, Jota's coming back from an injury, like we've just been saying. And do you, do you throw him straight in again against Wolves, or do you bring him on as an impact sub if Bobby Firmino's fit? Or do you think, well, no, let's just stick to a winning a winning formula? What would you yeah, do? Yeah, I think as Mick said, we need we need rhythm in the team, and I don't think Firmino's justified coming back into that. I know he, you know he brings a lot more more than just his goals and people. I mean, his assist total's actually been a lot better this season than it has in other seasons. But I think. I think Jota just deserved like like Mick said he he was a bit rusty but he was still lively he was he was getting in the right positions he was getting chances he was and he, and he will be champing at the bit to impress I think I think in the Wolves system he was he was used a bit differently but he always had the attributes to succeed in in our system which is obviously why he was bought and I, like Klopp and Edwards aren't stupid they obviously when, when I mean I I'll admit when I seen the price tag I was a bit unsure but at the time it was obviously him or Ismail Assad I think we definitely bought the right player there. And obviously, he's proved 
that the club right were right to sign him, were right to pay that much money for him. And I, I don't think I don't think there is any other. He has to play. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether he sticks him down the middle or he. I know he's tended to use to use Salah down the middle, Jota off the left, Mane back to the right. I'd actually like to see them three just to start. I don't know whether Klopp's ever done it before, and he he is quite stubborn and he likes to stick to his normal system. But I would like to see them three just interchange throughout the entire game and going yeah. forward. Just I mean, Jota's good on both feet. Salah can play on the right through the middle. Mane can play left, middle, right. So. I'd like to see, keep teams guessing, and, and Jota's ability, we've seen it early in the season, that hatch against Atlanta, left foot, right foot, yeah. whatever you want, headers. I mean, he, he forced a great save from uh, Peter Galaxy in the first half with the header from a corner, mm-hmm. so he has got everything, and he has to start, and I mean, it, I don't I don't want to be too too bleak, and obviously Firmino's a Liverpool legend, but it, if he keeps playing the way he has, you've got to think, like, is he is he first-choice striker going into the next season with, with Firmino? You know, badly off the pace, and Jota on on fire. If he can, if he recaptured the early season form, and you think that at Liverpool getting a glimpse into into what their future front line looks without Firmino, that's a really good point, Marcus. I mean, would would you think Jota's best position is from the left, like he like he has where he's got most of his goals, or do you think straight through the middle? I, I personally, I, I, I like him through the middle purely because I, I know Mason Greenwood is extremely young, but when when he was he's given the chance at United, it, it, that ability on either foot is so underrated. There's so many times where just from working in Manchester, watching Greenwood closely, he like it, it, the jink into the left and the pull back to the right. If he is comfortable on either foot, then it, defenders don't really know which way to send you. I think Salah, Salah, when he when he first came to England, was a bit of an unknown entity. No one really knew. What he was about, and he, he scored countless goals cutting inside onto that left foot. And then the next season, it, obviously, it, that first season was record breaking and was going to be difficult regardless to to reach those numbers. But I think teams sort of found out that he obviously wants to cut into his left, so he double man mark, and that's why his, his goals have, have dropped slightly. But I mean, the fact that he still manages to score is extraordinary. But I think Jota's unpredictability and, and ability on either foot means that through the middle, I think he, he would be best. but I mean, it's options. He can't play on the left. He can't play on the right, and I think that's what Liverpool have lacked, especially in the in the uh, the front three. So I think he he he's, he is a perfect Liverpool player. And, but I think down the middle with Salah and Mane either side is is where I'd have him. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you said, Marcus, it's not nothing on on Bobby because he's been like I said, he has been fantastic. But it's just his form recently has has been. You know, not up to the Bobby Firmino standard that we know, and obviously we are we are wanting to put the ball in the back of the net, and we know make that um, goals isn't Firmino's strongest point, but he brings so much more. But it wouldn't surprise me, Mick, if it comes to it where Bobby Firmino's fit and he's straight back into the side on Monday, because if we have got this stability in midfield now, Bobby could flourish, couldn't he? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, he's <laughs> like Mark said, he's great, and his, his numbers. Are- I've been okay this season, but it's just I think he's struggled in in games where in games especially where we expect him to step up. I think that's what's been most hurtful. Obviously, he scored against a last minute win against Spurs, didn't he? But it's been games where you want Bobby to turn up and he, he just kind of maybe loses the ball when you don't expect him to. And it's little stuff like that where you always expect a high level from him because because he is so technically good and you expect him just to. Turn on a sixpence, a ball wrapped into feet from Thiago, say, and then turn and then play someone in. You just expect that, and when he doesn't do that, you're like, "Oh, what the fuck's he doing?" So it's, it's little things like that where he's a, he's allowed to go through a bad patch of form. He's been absolutely key to what we've done for over these years, winning all these trophies. So he's 
even if Hotter does start on on Monday and Bobby comes off the bench, then like Marcus says, it's options. Like we've got we've got options. And when we didn't have when Hotter was out injured, for example, we knew what the front three was going to be, and so did the opposition. Yeah. So they set up rightly so for facing Firmino dropping in and Mane and Salah to overlap, and that's just the Liverpool way. So bringing Hotter into it gives it gives us more options and more unpredictability. So, um, but yeah, Bobby's it will always be a legend, and I, and I think he will. I don't think I don't see him leaving. I think he just. I think once fans start to get back in the stadium, I think we'll start to see the best of Bobby, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, Timmy, Bobby thrives on the on the atmosphere of, of fans, doesn't he? From us, and he absolutely loves his every little celebration he does. It are just fantastic, and they're all for us. They're all for the camera, so we can get great photos. It, 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 they're absolutely brilliant. Now that was a testament when we scored um, that last minute winner against Spurs. He ran to the other end of the the stadium to celebrate because he wanted to be with the fans and I love that about Bobby Firmino and again I wouldn't be if you know if the lineup comes out on, on Monday and we do the team news and it's it's Bobby Firmino I would be disappointed obviously I love Jota but I think maybe Bobby's the right person to play because let's face it Molyneux last season he was the fucking hero wasn't he well, yeah, he's he's certainly um, put it this way. The, the the great thing about the situation is that no matter who starts on the field, you're going to be happy because you've got a quality forward up there who can change a game. And you know the the good thing is that now Klopp has this ability to rotate that front three so that they're getting rest for more important games. And you also have a player of a massive quality be, being able to come off a bench and change a game as well. You know, so for example, if Firmino, for example, isn't quite over his knock, but is on the bench ready to come on. And the uh, Hoda, Mane and Salah lineup isn't working. We're not having any success and we've got no creativity through the middle because, I don't know, Thiago's come off or whatever. Um, he's the perfect guy to be able to bring in and completely change the way we play for 15, 20 minutes and, and have a different look, force Wolves to defend differently against us. And vice versa, if Bobby starts and we aren't great for 60, 70 minutes, then Hotta comes on and gives us something completely different. So, you know, it's 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 a great thing to have. And, and every great team will have a rotation of players where you think if someone world-class comes off, someone world-class is coming on. That gives them a completely mm. different angle to be able to play through. Um, so I, I, I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. I think that he still has a firm place in the squad. And I think that personally, he's so flexible. I think that if we were if we were to switch oh. to 4-2-3-1 over the course of, you know, over the course of um, next season or if Klopp sees that that's more successful formation, it wouldn't surprise me to see him drop into a midfield role as, as another creative option because... Kate has not exactly been consistent, and obviously you don't want Thiago playing 50, 60 games a season. So for me, yeah. he's got he's got the work ethic. He's he's always there to put in a tackle. He, his pressing is superb, and you know for for a guy who's going to be in and out of the start, starting lineup, and you know potentially playing up front or in the midfield, who better to have than him? You know he's he has the ability to turn turn a game on its head with a pass or with a goal. So and he's he's not exactly you know he always seems to come up with important goals. So for me, yeah. he stays. And for me, it's it's a great situation to have. And I actually love the fact that we're able to have a debate about who should start up front at this point in the season. That's a really, really good point, mate. And to be fair, it, it did, you have just touched on my next question uh, for Marcus. Is Marcus, is there a world or a parallel universe where we have Bobby as part of the midfield and we have a front three of Salah, Jota and Manny? Does it work? I think it could work. I would never see Cop doing it. But what... Yeah. What, especially against teams, I mean, it's it's difficult to say. I think 
with with Thiago, he's been signed to play in a system that we haven't been able to play. I think that 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 press and counter press high line is gone purely because we haven't been able to field centre backs. We haven't been able to field Fabinho in midfield. So I think I think we're gonna really get a look into to Klopp's plan for Thiago next season when hopefully you've got Van Dijk Gomez back. With pe- with that that penalty team's in. I think another underrated aspect of Fabinho in that midfield is the re- retention of attacks. It's 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 that it's especially last season when we were going to, even if we were a goal down you, you, there was a belief that we were going to score it was attack after attack after attack if an attack broke down you'd re- re- just recycle the ball go again go again and eventually we get a breakthrough without Fab in that midfield we just re- attack if, if it breaks down we've been losing the ball especially against Fulham every time we lost the ball we were just getting counter attacked so I think I don't think Firmino would work in that midfield three but I would like to see him in a 4-2-3-1 I think Obviously, his form has been off before this season, but he has been probably the player here's most by that low block. Obviously, his best way comes into space, and he's had absolutely no space. So I'd love to see Firmino in the hole and just give, just give him a free roll, a bit like Jack Grealish. I feel I let him go whatever he wants. Use yeah. TR going Fabinho in a, in a midfield pivot. Maybe not in, in the bigger games where obviously Wijnaldum comes in, but... These are the options that Liverpool need to have. It, you look at you look at Man City for example. He doesn't play the same team. Pep doesn't play the same team. Aguero was on the True. bench for a Manchester derby. You've got to yeah. have options if you want to be if you want to sustain success at the top. You've got to have options. You've got to have different systems that can work. And I think Firmino in the hole, Jota anywhere across the front line, Salah, Mane, Thiago, Fabinho behind them, especially at home against teams that are going to employ that low block. I think that is. A very very interesting prospect, and I I would love to see that next season. Yeah, it's Mick. It's a really good point, isn't it? Because like you said, the one that could play up front because we we are talking about in the summer where Klopp's going to go. And the cop artist put a uh, a nice little comment in saying, "I saw on social media Klopp is concentrating on a centre back and striker this summer in the transfers. What do we think?" Now we've covered the centre back thing um, before, but we've not really covered the striker situation, Mick. Now. I'll, I'll I'll ask Mick first, and obviously come to the other boys on on this thoughts anyway. In terms of what we would do in terms of the stri- the striker situation, Mick. Everyone's always said for the last couple of years that one of Mane or Salah would have to leave in order for us to bring in the next big name, and then the age thing gets thrown in, which we've said to uh, our regular viewers that we will do a full um, show on that anyway in terms of the aging of the squad. But how do you think that? That's going to go, Mick. Do you think? I, I mean, I hate talking about it, and I can see on your face it's like I don't want to answer the fucking question. But I'm just going to throw it at you because you know he's joined the show. He's asked the question. I'm going to throw it out there. Go on, Mick. Uh, the answer is I haven't got a fucking clue. Uh, we don't want any. Great, thanks. Leave. Yeah, appreciate that, Mick. Nice <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> no, but it's 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 like Mark said. We need we need those options. So if the we don't want any of them to leave, but we keep it keeps getting bandied around. That I don't know who said this, or but it just keeps getting thrown around on Twitter. Like, oh, if 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 someone if someone comes in, someone needs to leave. It's the FSG thing, and it because the 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 buy yeah. to sell thing. So they just assume that a big fella's got to leave for uh, I don't know Haaland or Mbappe or whatever else needs to come in. But if we want to get back to where we were and then also sustain that, then we need to take. Get some big fellas in and keep who we've got because we need we need we need those options and we need like we're talking about midfield and we haven't even mentioned Hendo coming back in yet, which is just mental because Hendo starts every game, doesn't he? So it's if you if you play a two, you go Hendo and you go 
Fab in in a two, or do you go Thiago, and then you've got yes. if one Alden stays, you got you, and you've got Curtis Jones on the periphery. You've got Harvey Elliott coming back in the summer. There's so many, so many options for the club, and I think they need to add to that. But they also need to see who needs to leave. The likes of Ox may leave, and there's Shaq, and obviously we've talked about it, Arigi, and whoever else might leave. But um, yeah, it, it is. It's going to be an interesting one. I, I, I think they're going to have to pull out a bit of a masterclass in terms of. And they, I mean, they are great at it. Signing someone who's not the expected and they come in and do do great, like Hotter, for example, perfect example. Fabinho as well, no one expected him to come in and he did. And he's now, for me, the best in the, in the world in that sixth position. And, and we got him for quite a decent fee, to be honest. And uh, it's, it's stuff like that, that they'll have a list, they'll have a massive list of who, who they want and who's attainable, who's not attainable. And yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be an interesting one, I think, this summer because we've had a major drop off this year, and it's obviously we've touched on there's loads of many of the reasons for that, like no fans, injuries, systems, plug and holes, whatever else. But once we're allowed back in the stadium and then players are back fit, then fucking hell, we are going to be serious, serious threats next summer. And if we add to that with some some quality, then fucking hell, it's it's going to yeah. be it's going to be just us and City again, just at the top fighting out know, like like it has been for the past two years before previous to this one. Yeah, true. Tim, with um, I'm just going to take the last part of Cole's um, comment though. It's nice to buy a proper number nine. I think we've Jota's been liking to his finishing of Fernando Torres, hasn't he? And the, the way he moves on the ball and stuff like that. And we've not really had that proper number nine uh, for a while, have we? So um, I love the the fact with Max is we used to play. You know, we could play a four two three one and stuff like that. And then that one striker being. The, the main number nine and stuff like that. But in terms of a striker, do you see it, Tim, where... I mean, it's like Mick said, we could sell a lot of the, the the fringe players and stuff like that and build up enough money to buy a big name, couldn't we? And salary money don't have to leave. I certainly think so. I, th- I think there are a few guys on the fringe that you'd you'd think that, you know, aren't, aren't particularly safe or or have their squad numbers secured going into next season. Um, I think there are a couple of big names in there, like the likes of, you know, I hate to say it because I, I do really love him when he plays, but he's too injury prone. The, the likes of Matip, you know, who you think, well, you've got the likes of Phillips and, you know, Kabak has started to show that he's actually of, of quality and a younger option um, where you think, oh, well, you know, maybe it's time to move on from him and, and use that fund to, to replace him. Uh, or to, to replace him or to replace a striker or to, you know, the likes of, I mean, Mick Touchner, Origi, Shaq, all these guys to add those funds up because I, I, I'm not I'm not sure that I think the club will be ready to splash out over, mm-hmm. you know, 100 million for, for a striker uh, in summer. I think the likelihood is that they'll want to strengthen the squad with quality rather than add a, a top, of, top of the range world-class player. I think that... I know, I know they've been off form, but our, our front three, I still believe, are, are three of the best in their position in the world. And, and I think that you know, if, if you look at our early season scoring form, that's probably more like what you're going to see moving forward. I think that because of the juggling of the midfield and the juggling of the defence, it has had an effect on the way we play going forward. So I don't see it an issue where we need to buy a Haaland, a Haaland or an Mbappe. It's like we desperately need it to be able to evolve to the next level. I think we were the best team in the world with our front three. 
So I, I, I mean, yes, it would obviously be a massive thing, and you know, who wouldn't want them? But at the same time, I wouldn't want to risk adding depth to a squad so that we can have quality throughout. So if if this happened again, we could have quality coming off the bench and think, all right, well, we are going to be all right. We're definitely going to make top four because we have world class quality. The first six guys coming off the bench, you know, sort sort of in the same way City have because City don't have a, a Haaland or an Mbappe, but what they do have is five or six guys where when they come on the field, there's absolutely no drop off in quality. So I yeah. think to, to stay at the top and we were talking about sustaining, you know, this level of success, I think it's more important that we pull in a squad rather than just a massive name. Yeah, no, it's a really good point, mate, and well said. Um, Marcus, I I worry about the, the transfer, I really do, because the, lot, the younger version of Jay would be like, right, well, we're not in the Champions League next season. Let's just, let's say that happens, right? Touch what it doesn't. But say that happens. Are we in the conversation for the big names still? This is obviously a, a really interesting topic, and previously, I think if I'm not, I know Klopp touched on it as precedent. He said if 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 the squad, if the team plays in the team now that you know, and uh, not are not committed to the cause because we're on the Champions League, then leave. And I completely agree with that. I think the way football's gone with the whole financial aspect, I think the league. I know we walked the league last year with with a record points total or whatever but I think the the league overall has, has just became more competitive you look at teams like Newcastle making £40 million signings Leicester mm. are the one who've done it right they've, bought, they've spent their money wisely on, on players similar to Liverpool that, that fit a system that they haven't wasted the money and, and they, they're now reaping the rewards so I think it's it's more competitive ever for that top four it's not that traditional top four you're now looking at even Everton are in that mix now you're looking at eight, seven or eight names that could possibly finish in the Champions League and, and top teams have have missed out on Champions League. I think people forget that United signed Paul Pogba for, for that record for you when they were in the Champions League. They signed yeah. Angel Di Maria when they were in the Champions League. So I don't I don't think it's a it's a it's an issue for Liverpool. I think obviously the strength of the squad now is you you don't need it doesn't take a genius to see that we've still got a world class squad and there's plenty of variables that have contributed to our, our position this season and, and Klopp as well. He's he's a manager that, that everyone would want to play for. So I, I don't think there's any any issue in, in, in attracting the players. I think it, it comes down to, to FSG's model of of transfers and I don't want to bash FSG or I mean they've they've rarely transformed the club but I do think that their their current business model of, of sell to buy and live within Liverpool's means it obviously is good for the, the health of the club but I don't think it's sustainable if you want to if you want to keep the club in, in, in fight with yeah. Man City obviously we're, we're nowhere near them in terms of finances and what, what they can do with their squad but like Tim said they've, they've got players on the bench who can come in and instantly I mean look, look at Phil Foden is arguably yeah. England's best young player at the minute and he's on the bench you've got Bernardo Silva on the bench you've got De Bruyne he hasn't started every game the had Aguero on the bench we've got Arigi and players like Shakiri, they were decent, but they're not they're not world class. So I think I, I don't buy into the fact that one of the front three would have to leave. I think, and I would like to see a statement sign, and I'd I'd love to see us go out and and, and spend ninety million on Haaland, and that would that 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 type of sign, that Van Dijk Allison type of sign, and that huge yeah. name, that would be a real statement to, to our rivals. But I don't see it happening. But I would like to. I I just hope that. Klopp gets the back and he deserves. I think he I think the squad has been underfunded and he deserves the chance to go and buy three or four top quality players and I completely trust the club to go and buy players like Jota. There's obviously there's probably names that we, we might not even think are on the shortlist. A bit like Fabinho, like Mick said, was done straight away. I I just hope that there is some financial backing and it's not it's not another 
genuinely situation where you get he gets two million to sort a defensive crisis out. He gets a player on loan and a player who's probably might not even play for the club and be sold in the summer. And Ben Davis, I just hope that. He gets the final chip back, and I trust Klopp and Edwards to to go out and buy that next superstar, that that player who fits the Klopp mold, the player who can fill a variety of positions like Jota can, and add some real depth and challenge again next season. And if a few injuries do happen, we have got that quality to to step in and challenge on multiple fronts. Yeah, yeah. it's a gimmick. Sorry, I was just going to say, like if. I don't think it's a case of we have to sell ourselves either because everyone knows how good we are. Like, for example, if we would have had this You drop sell off, yourself, though, sometimes. <laughs> on a Saturday. Uh, Tiago, anything. But uh, if we would have had this drop-off, right, and we had... say If Van Dijk and Gomez didn't get injured and we had this drop-off, then we'd be like, yeah, fair enough. This is clearly... like The squad's getting yeah, older. We're getting to the stage where we need to have, have a overturn in, in players, get players out, yeah. get players in. Then you'd have a conversation, but the fact is, we've lost Van Dijk and Gomez, and now Matter, which is the the foundation of everything good that we do, high press and everything else, everything else we do good is because of those two. Yeah, and we've tried to drop off now that they've gone. There's a clear, clear gap there where, where what caused it. So it, it's I don't think it's a case of Klopp having to go right. Well, we'll be better next year. I promise, like trying to like convince it to, to convince the cause, the Liverpool cause, to come and come and join us, and you'll win trophies. I think it's a case of players will be able to see that, and our, our downward spiral in form it isn't isn't a coincidence. It's it's due to serious injury problems and and all kinds of stuff like that. So the, the likes of the the big players, I don't I don't know if we'll sign an Mbappe or a Haaland. I would fucking absolutely love it, of course, would. But I think it will be like a it will be like another Mickey Edwards signing where a player that is we know is really good and have been on the periphery and we take them to the next level. We've done that with so many players like Samane. He was got him for what thirty was thirty six mil and there was yeah people were going, What the fuck have you spent that much money for on, on Mane? He's an average Premier League winger and we turned him into the best best left winger in the world. So it'll be another one of them and uh, yeah. I can't wait to see who they, who they pick out the hat. I can't wait to see who they, who they go for and, and, and who we can Kind of nurture into the like because we need to like we like we said we're going to do a show on it like the aging of the squad but it's going to be interesting obviously hot as one of them because he's 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 young and he can he can take one yeah. of the, those places of the original top of the original front three but it's going to be interesting to see who they pick and in terms of who else is going to come through that the ranks in terms of um, taking over their place in the future. True, Tim. There's there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pissed off the fact that Liverpool aren't in for Haaland or Liverpool aren't in for Mbappe because there's loads of talk to say that those two players are going to leave the respective clubs in the summer. There's loads of talk about it. We still don't know if, you know, 100% if that's even going to happen. I think probably the one that's more likely out of the two is probably Haaland because he probably wants to go to that next level and I think he's he's accelerated so quickly. Um, I mean, it'll be very telling if it depending on what PSG do in the uh, in the Champions League anyway. Um, but Tim, I just want to, should, should we be like what Mick said and just like, we'll just calm down because we've pulled some absolute rabbits out of the hat in terms of the transfer market. We've done really, really well. We should just trust in the process. Or should we just go, well, fuck it, go and buy a £100 million player and shove him up top? Well, I mean, if, if you can, you do it. But at the same time, again, coming back to the point, I just wouldn't do that at the detriment of strengthening the squad in totality. I think that, you know, I 
Liverpool obviously aren't as financially wealthy as Man City are, and Man City can afford to both strengthen a squad in a in a transfer window as well as buy a signature signing that's 120 million. And it wouldn't see it surprise me if, if Messi ends up at, at City, you know. So it, it's it's certainly going to be interesting, but I I still believe that you know the although these guys are looking kind of towards everyone's scared of this number 30 and stuff and I, I think that with the with medical advancements in physiotherapy and all that kind of stuff you have to kind of push the the age of a prime of a player's prime back a bit because you know these guys aren't you know the same as the mid-2000s or the early 2000s where they weren't getting the physiotherapy and they didn't understand how to treat their body and take care of their body constantly you know they weren't training in however many million pound facilities and all this kind of stuff on grass that's better for your knees and and all this kind of stuff so you need to take that, that factor in and the fact that both Mane and Salah are, 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 aren't 30 yet is, is a good thing because for me they're going to be top of the range till probably a 33 or 34 and then you will start to see a decline in them Proof in the pudding is that Mo Salah's worse last season than he has been this year, and he's got yeah. twelve games at least left to play. You know, so yeah, for me, for me again, if you if you can, if if you're able to sell the fringe players and able to get two two or three players that have wraps in the hat. Uh, and you're able to strengthen the squad as well as bringing in a Haaland or an Mbappe because, for example, PSG get rid of him, his wages to be able to take on Messi's or Haaland is looking to take a step to the Premier League. You know, that you, you don't turn the opportunity down, but I wouldn't say if we had the option between three or four significant players who are going to be really, really good for the club or one yeah. or a Haaland or an Mbappe, I would honestly take the three or four because I think that regardless of having Haaland or Mbappe, when we're actually a fully fit team, this is the best team in the world, starting 11 through and through. And adding Thiago to that has only strengthened that fact in my mind. That's a really good point, uh, Marcus, that Tim just made. is like, you mentioned it before, mate, didn't you? You, you know, just, just spend all your money on one player or you fill in a load of different positions. And I think it's really important that we do do that because... Like, squad depth is just so, it's so important. It's something we've always lacked, haven't we? It's something that... For, for, I've always remember look back at our benches over the years and just go, bloody hell, we've just got nobody. But our start eleven's always been amazing. I mean, don't get it wrong, last season everyone was on fire, so the squad was was there. But um Marcus, I'm just keen to get your thoughts on the defensive side of things and we'll do this one quickly before we finish. Uh, just come up with a couple of comments. Uh, do you think Ben Davis ever played for us? Quick quickly, Marcus, yes or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's I think a Celtic contract is already signed for the summer. Yeah, more than likely, mate. Absolutely. Um, again, it, it, this is a good question, which we'll tackle in another show because I think this is this deserves a bigger discussion. Do you think transfer fees and wages should be capped across the world? I think it's too difficult initially because the the game is so big around the world right now. There's too much money in it, but it's a really good question that we'll, we'll tackle with the uh, when we talk about the transfers and stuff like that. But um, what I look at is obviously the centre back pairings for. For us going forward, so just Marcus, I want to get your opinion on this because I know it's your first time on the show. Van Dijk is obviously the number one, right? We've signed Kabak now. I, he's on loan with no option to buy. We, we, you know, we can get get him. We could get him in the summer if he works out okay. Does then Kabak become the Lovren, and then we still sign a big centre back to be Van Dijk's permanent partner? How do you see it looking? I think, I think it's it's got to be Van Dijk and Gomez. When they're both fit, they they obviously complement each other and and they obviously get on well. I think that's that's yeah. one and two sorted. I think obviously Matip has been exceptional, and for a player on a free transfer, the performances he's done, especially especially over the last few years, 
he, he, he has been a, a brilliant signer for Liverpool, but it comes back to if you're third, and it was the same with Lovren, I think there was a ridiculous stat that Lovren hadn't played like four games in a row for his, his entire career or something like that. Like I know, I know wow. he, was, he was a starting centre-back for a while, but it was a ridiculous stat that he, he was so injury-prone and matter up unfortunately falls into that category. If you're a third-choice centre-back, the, I mean, ability-wise aside, you need to be reliable, you need to be there, and unfortunately he isn't. He is too injury-prone, and, and I, I don't think Liverpool can... Can afford to to have another situation like this season where they, where they don't have a third choice centre back that's that can be relied upon. So for me, I know it's early days with Kabak, but I, I I don't see him signing permanently, and I, I don't think he was Liverpool's first choice. Um, I think he was a convenient option because he was he was he's obviously still a young player. He, he's he's got he's, there's a player in there, but I just I don't I don't see him fitting that Liverpool's um what what Liverpool needs. So I I. It's a. I wouldn't be surprised to see him bored because it's it's eighteen million for a young twenty year old centre back. But for mm. me, I'd personally steer clear. But I, I do think Liverpool need to sign two centre backs in the summer. Uh, Phillips has obviously been exceptional, and, and you can't take anything away from him. But I don't think long term he fits fits the system and, and Klopp's needs. And I think he's also proven that he deserves to be playing week in week out at this level. I think he, he's more. He's he, and he's. He's not as young as other players, so it's it's not like he's got. I think he might be might have hit a ceiling, but that's not to say that he couldn't go to to a, a lower league Premier League team, and he he probably deserves to start every week for them. But yeah. for me, I think I think two centre backs is probably what's needed in summer. I don't think Reese Williams is good enough yet, but obviously he's still young. I think the interesting one for Liverpool was um, Duji Coletta Carr from Marseille. I think he was the only centre back in January that we actually had put money up for straight away. I think. That deal was close to being complete. I'm not sure the the exact details of it. I think it broke through at the last week because Marseille couldn't sign a replacement. But I think that speaks volumes that Liverpool were willing to offer money for a permanent transfer straight away rather than the loan with the option to buy for Kebab suggests that it might not have been Klopp's or Edwards' first choice because... It's obviously that you've got that safety net of the, of the option to buy. So I think I think Coletta Carr again, Sam Maguire had done done analysis on it. It was a couple of months ago actually trying to find a player most like Van Dijk, and he was the man that came up on the stat side of things that he was the most similarly statistically to Van Dijk. So I think do usually like Coletta Carr and one more centre back is is who I'd go for as a as a three. Coletta Carr is the third, and then and then another another. I mean, Ben Davis does sort of fit that mould as, as a player who could step in on the left. He's good with the ball. He's cheap, but I, I don't see that happening. So I think t- think two centre backs in the summer is, is what's needed for me. It's a good point, mate. No, I appreciate you getting sharing of that with us, mate. Well, listen, boys, I love the way this conversation's just gone. I know this is the build-up show for Wolves, but I'm going. I'm probably going to cut all this and put it out as a separate show. It's fucking brilliant. Um, so quickly, boys, we'll do score predictions before we go. Tim, let's go to you first, mate. Score prediction for Monday. Uh, I'm going to go two-one Liverpool. Superb, mate. Mick? Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 as well. Okay. Uh, Marcus, what are you saying? 2-0 Liverpool. Love it. Getting a clean sheet in, mate. I love it. Back-to-back clean sheets would yep. be absolutely superb. Fantastic. Well, listen, everybody, thank you very much for joining us uh, this Saturday afternoon. Obviously, time of filming. Uh, we're going to watch Klopp's Press now and all the shit that we've been talking about is probably going to be thrown out the window. But, hey, who gives a <laughs> shit, hey? doesn't really matter. Uh, so, yeah, give us a like, a comment, and a subscribe. We really appreciate it. Uh, my thanks to Tim and Mick and obviously Marcus thank you very much for joining us mate absolutely buzzing to get you on the show finally um, and it won't be your last um, obviously mate so I appreciate it and thank you for
everybody in the comments as well. Um, yeah, up the Reds and uh, let's hope for three points. Uh, yeah, Champions League all the way. But yeah, let's get a result against Wolves. Sports Social Podcast Network.